Welcome to Ask a Lawyer with me, Steve Sleeper. Our guest today is attorney Olivia Myers with O. Myers Law in Akron, Ohio. Born and raised in Akron, attorney Myers practices an assertive and dynamic brand of criminal defense, DUI, OVI, and juvenile and family law. I began the interview by asking Olivia about herself and her firm. My name is Olivia Myers. I started my law firm right out of law school upon graduating and passing the bar. The firm is O Myers Law LLC. I wanted to do criminal defense ever since I was um, in high school, and I've probably wanted to be an attorney ever since I was a young child and dressed like an attorney even when I was younger. So I always wanted to be an entrepreneur too. I used to, you know, put flyers up and down the street as 13-year-old girl for babysitting jobs and get gigs that way. So I, I'm living the dream by practicing criminal defense and by owning my own firm. I primarily focus on criminal defense, DUIs, traffic charges. I do some custody cases here and there. I practice DUIs all over the state of Ohio, travel anywhere in Ohio for a DUI case because that's what I love to do. I was successful in getting clients very early on by connecting myself with as many attorneys and mentors as I could. And I try a lot of cases. I have a jury trial set this week. I've done rape, murder trials. And so that's what I like to do. Well, if if we can, let's let's uh, today talk about uh, DUI defense. Uh, uh, what should uh, I expect from a good DUI defense lawyer? It's a great question. You should expect that your DUI defense lawyer is well educated in, in the DUI law. If you pull up the DUI statute ORC four five one one point one nine, you can see that that statute is about 15, 20 pages long for just one code section of a DUI offense. So it's very nuanced. It's very technical. You need a lawyer who's very educated and who's taken the time to educate themselves on the DUI law, because as maybe other people have heard, law school doesn't teach you these things. So um, I am certified in field sobriety testing. I've done the same training that officers do to give field sobriety tests. There's three standardized field sobriety tests. And I know the science behind the blood, breath, and urine tests that people give. And I know the BMV issues that can come with being on under an administrative license suspension. And so just in four years of becoming an attorney, I've taken the time to become educated by attending uh, seminars two, three, four times a year where the whole seminar is just based on DUI law in Ohio. Well, since you brought up the, the field sobriety test, that um, let me ask this question. Let's say I get pulled over. I'm in Ohio. I get pulled over. Do I have to take that roadside breath test or roadside test? test in general? No, you do not. So what the BMV tells us is that the BMV says that driving is a privilege. It's not a right. So the BMV will penalize you for refusing a blood, breath, or urine test by putting you under an automatic one-year license suspension. But 
the best thing in your case when you get pulled over is to is to not give evidence to the state of Ohio. So by giving a breath test when you've had it, a more than one drink. Now, if if you had one drink and it was like a Bud Light, I can tell my clients go ahead and blow. But assuming you've had more than one drink or a beer and that was not a, a low level alcohol beer. I always refuse tell my clients to refuse that breath test because if you're giving a breath test, you're just handing over evidence to the prosecutor to prove that under the law, it's presumed you're impaired because you're over the limit. So my clients then say, what happens next? Aren't I just going to be arrested? Well, yeah, you're going to be arrested. The cops aren't going to let you go because this isn't the 60s or the 70s where drinking and driving is not a big deal. They're going to arrest you because there's a liability issue for the cop. And if you hire the right DUI attorney like myself, then that DUI attorney can maneuver the license suspension that you're under by the BMV and beat it for various reasons and maybe get you out of that one year license suspension because of various issues that there may be with the BMV imposing that suspension. So I have had cases where my clients refused that they were put under a BMV suspension, but then I got them driving the very next day when they go to court. Okay. Okay. Well, good. The field sobriety tests, are they admissible in court? Tell me about that. You know, specifically Ohio, of course. Yes. So field sobriety tests are used to indicate whether you are at a 0.08 or higher. That's what the research says. There's three standardized field sobriety tests. The first one is the horizontal gaze nystagmus test. That's when the officer looks at your eyes. Then there's the walk and turn where you do the famous walk and a one leg stand where you hold one leg up. Uh, I, I refer to these tests as roadside gymnastics tests a lot of times because it's very difficult to even complete these tests accurately when you're sober. You know, if you have weight issues, if you have uh, back leg problems, then you're going to have a hard time walking and holding one leg up and following all the instructions these officers give you. But prosecutors rely on those field sobriety tests when there isn't a blood, breath, or urine test. Because essentially there's two ways that you can be charged with an OVI in Ohio. You can be charged with a per se OVI, which means that because you're over the limit in this urine test or blood test or breath test tells us you're over the legal 0.08 limit, it's presumed you're impaired. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that charge, you have what's called an A1A Ohio charge. And that just refers to the statute, but it means that because of your actions, reactions, and mental processes, we think that you're impaired. So when the prosecutor doesn't have a breath test or a blood test or urine test, the next thing they go to to look to prove their case is they use the field sobriety tests. Do cops make mistakes with uh, those tests? All the time. All the time. I love cross-examining cops on field sobriety tests because they've done their training so long ago most of the time or they're so new. And honestly, the training that I do with the attorneys is way more intensive and really by the rule book than what these cops get their training on. Their training's rushed in the academy. So I know a lot more than they know on the field sobriety test. And then I also point out what they've done wrong. There's a whole slew of instructions they have to give. 
on, you know, like the walk and turn, for example, they'll tell you that you need to keep your hands at your sides while you're walking. And then if you keep, if you move your hands up and hold them up, kind of like, you know, you're an acrobat walking a line, they're going to mark you as a clue for that. So a lot of times they'll miss that instruction. And I'll point out that it's not fair that you marked my client for keeping their arms up when you told them, you didn't tell them to keep their arms down. Right, right. Yeah, good example. Now, you also mentioned the blood and urine tests and that prosecutors sometimes don't have those. So is that not standard procedure to do a a blood or urine test? Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's not as common in Ohio in certain circumstances. Um, Of course, every state's different, but in Ohio, they're always going to ask you to do a breath test. If you refuse that test, they could get a warrant for your blood. Now, they do need a warrant, um, but a lot of times the cops don't go that far, in my experience. And the urine test is usually done when they think that you're under the influence of drugs. Oh, I see. Okay. So how hard is it to uh, to prove with things like marijuana and prescription meds? It's hard when you don't have a urine test. When you have a urine test, there's per se limits. Just like there's a 0.08 limit for alcohol, there's a certain level of the drug that has to be in your system in order to prove or in order for the state to allege that you're impaired. Okay, well, let's shift gears now a little bit. I think I've covered the testing. Um, What happens after a person is arrested for a DUI? They're taken to the police station. They're asked to give a breath test on the breath machine. Now, these are very old machines from like the 80s that are huge and look, you know, ancient. Uh, They're given a yellow form alongside their ticket that tells them they're under an administrative license suspension. The cop has to read that form to you. And this is where the issues come into play about whether I can beat an administrative license suspension or not. Because they have to advise you what your rights are. You can either blow. If you blow over the limit, then you're suspended by the BMV for 90 days. If you don't blow and you refuse, then you're suspended for one year. So a lot of times the cops will kind of coerce you into giving a breath test because they'll say, well, if you blow and you blow over the limit, it's only 90 day suspension. But if you refuse, it's a whole year. Right. So you're talking about three months and a year, the difference. I mean, 90 days is only three months. Right. So a lot of times right. people say, okay, well, I don't want to be suspended a year, and they give a breath test. So if I don't blow, can it can it help my case? It's always going to help your case to not blow unless you're sober. You've had one Bud Light or you've had no alcohol to drink. Okay. What are the penalties for a DUI first? The penalties for a first-time DUI offense are three days in jail or three days in the driver intervention program. I refer to that as the vodka hotel. That's where you stay in a hotel from a Thursday to a Sunday, and you learn about not drinking and driving. Right. There's a minimum mandatory fine of $375, and then there's a minimum mandatory license suspension of one year. Now, of course, those penalties increase the more DUIs you have on your record. If there's some mistakes that the cops made, have you been able to get a case dismissed before it goes to court? 
I've had a case dismissed. Yes. Before it goes to court, that's, I don't see how that's possible Okay, to get a dismissal. We are always at court at that point, but yes, last week, just last week, I had a case in Worcester and this is a court that's notorious for not giving any deals on DUI cases. The prosecutors refuse to give any deals. And, um, I ended up getting a breath test thrown out of evidence for my client. He blew and he blew over the legal limit and I got the test thrown out of evidence. And then the judge agreed with me that there was no evidence to proceed on and dismiss the case. If I'm found guilty on a DUI first, will I have to do some jail time? No, you Assuming that you pick the hotel, the vodka hotel instead of jail. Jail's, of course, free, but it's presumed that you are able to do the three day driver intervention program at the hotel. You have to pay about three or four hundred dollars for that. How many of your cases plea out? How many go to trial? I would say probably about 95% of my cases plead out. And that's because if you do go to trial on a DUI charge, it's a misdemeanor of the first degree. Assuming it's your first DUI charge, you don't have multiple DUI convictions. And, you know, the plea deal that's presumed is the three days in jail or three days in the hotel. But if you go to trial and you're found guilty and the judge feels like you wasted their time, the judge could give you more than that three days. Legally, they can give you up to 180 days, six months in jail. because that's what a misdemeanor of the first degree is. So a lot of times my clients don't want to take that risk at trial of the being found guilty and being sentenced to more jail time. How about CDLs? Do they all go to trial or how does that work? CDLs are another major reason why it's important to have a DUI attorney. If you're charged with a DUI and have a CDL, there is a whole lot of additional penalties that come with having a CDL. And so they would probably go to trial as much as a regular OVI goes to trial. But it's important to explore every possible defense in a CDL case because it's an automatic disqualification of the person's commercial driver's license if they're charged with this OVI and found guilty of it. My final question for you, Olivia. If I plan on pleading guilty, I'm just racked with guilt. I know I did it. I'm going to plead guilty. Do I still need an attorney? Yes, you need an attorney because you don't know what legal issues are in your case. Whether you want to admit fault or not, there could be an essential issue in your case where the state is having a problem proving it. Mm -hmm. It's just like when people ask me, how can you defend guilty people? Well, my job is not to determine whether someone's guilty or innocent. My job is to determine whether the state can prove all elements of your case charged. And if they can't, then you should not be convicted of that offense. Guaranteed in the Constitution. Right. So you're never going to know what issues are in your case unless you hire a DUI lawyer. Our thanks to attorney Olivia Myers with O. Myers Law in Akron, Ohio, for being our guest on Ask a Lawyer with me, Steve Sleeper. Her phone number is 330-612-7442, and her website is omyerslaw.com.